This is another Poets at War General Report. And here's your general, Joshua David Ling. Hey everyone, I'm outside my house on my porch, chilling out. Uh, it's been a crazy day and I'm frustrated for many reasons. It's the life of an artist, the life of a freelancer, and you know, you get over it and you move on, because guess what, there's a show to record. On top of that, uh, I guess I should introduce some of these audio logs. Some of you may have heard one on the first episode, but I plan on making these more of a regular thing. Kind of a, um, you know, just just a check-in with the general. Uh, general's report. I think that's what I'll call it. General's report. You know, just do some things on the fly. Try things out. I'm recording on my phone, actually, out here on the porch. Uh, using my normal microphone, an iRig Pre, connected into my phone. I could just use my phone, and that would be cool, but I actually have to use my phone for tapping, and I don't want to hear, let you hear all the tapping that I have to do to find the things that I want to talk about today. What I do want to talk about today uh, is my top 13 films, and not so much because of the films themselves or that they're the top 13 Uh why 13? Just because. No other reason. <laughs> I had 13 films I wanted to talk about. Um, a while ago, I compiled this list, and I found there was a through line through every single one. And I'm going to read off these films, and I want you to guess what it is. Also, for those of you who haven't seen these films, I am going to be doing spoilers. So pay attention to the list if you don't want something spoiled. Me? I don't care about spoilers. Maybe you're like me. So right at the top, we have the Lord of the Rings series. Obviously not as good as the books, but they're still absolutely incredible and better than like 90% of movies. Let's just be real. Then there's The Secret of Kells, an animated movie by Cartoon Saloon. Beauty and the Beast. Everyone knows the Disney Beauty and the Beast, 1991. Uh, Star Wars, The Skywalker Saga. Mainly, particularly the original trilogy, Although I am not as down on the prequels and sequels as a lot of people, they both have extreme issues. <laughs> um, and I don't really have nostalgia goggles when it comes to the prequels either. I'm just old enough to where I had fun when I watched them, but knew that they were seriously flawed. Uh, beyond that, The Greatest Showman. A lot of people also hated that movie. I, do, I don't really know why. Um, other than they say it isn't true to life, but that was kind of the point. It's a musical, it's a fantasy. Uh, beyond that, we have The Babadook, a horror movie from Australia. Stargirl, one of the last uh, Disney Plus shows that I've, or not shows, it was a movie that I watched before I uh, canceled Disney Plus. Um, I still have it for some of the old stuff, but we're not paying for it. It's a whole other thing, you know. Uh, then we have the MCU Infinity Saga. I really enjoyed that. Still got major problems, but I, 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 there's just something about the superhero genre that has always got me, hence why I do so many superhero stories. Uh, Ragamuffin, which is a biopic about Rich Mullins, the life of Rich Mullins. Saving Mr. Banks, uh, another Disney thing, uh, kind of goes into the uh, kind of a drama about the making of Mary Poppins. Then um, School of Rock with Jack Black. Uh, comedy gold. Uh, 
Eurovision, the story of Fire Saga. Some people might be really surprised by this one because it is definitely the raunchiest one on the list. Um, about a Swedish, not Swedish, excuse me, Icelandic guy who wants to play by Will Ferrell, who wants to get into the Eurovision Song Contest and win. Uh, and then beyond that, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, the original OG Gene Wilder. I'm also a huge fan of the book. <clears throat> so, with such a wide swath of movies, what in the world could possibly be the through line through all of them? Uh, believe it or not, the answer is Original Sin. Or at least an analog for Original Sin. Now, for those of you who don't immediately know, Original Sin is the doctrine that uh, we bear our father's sin in some way, shape, or form. It doesn't mean it legitimately like one for one what our father did we're guilty of. It's more specifically Adam, our first father. His sin carried with it a curse upon the entire human race, which was then reversed in Christ for those who are in Christ. And, uh, yeah, it's a crazy story, amazing story. Everyone knows the story. Uh, not, not everyone, but you know what I mean. Like, everyone knows the basic idea. So I'm going to go ahead and go, down the, go back up this list, starting with Willy Wonka, and explain where Original Sin is in each of these. Willy Wonka, uh, most of you know, some of you may have seen the posts. There's this Edenic, beautiful place where they're all brought into, and each one sins and falls away until one great and amazing person is there to take it and redeem it and become the owner of the factory in Charlie Bucket. Eurovision, the story of Fire Saga. We've got a similar thing where we have a father figure uh, who did not believe in his son, thought he was a pansy, thought he was this, you know, horrible, goofy person. Uh, he also, you know, was just completely and totally enthralled in going on this Eurovision thing that he completely missed the point of the woman that God had gave him, who was with him all his life, who believed in him all along. And there's so much connection there with Original Sim. If you go further into the movie, I'm sure you'll see more. The School of Rock. There's a problem right from the get-go. There's, there's a problem that rock music isn't popular anymore. Real rock music. We've got this sense right from the beginning scene where Dewey does a stage dive that nobody actually cares about rock music anymore. And they, Dewey just has to deal with it, right? No, he finds a way to introduce rock to a whole new generation of faithful rockers. <clears throat> Following on, we got Ragamuffin. Daddy issues galore in this one. Uh, you know, there there was some stuff that, that was, you know, played up for the movie, but generally speaking, it's a pretty faithful ad uh, adaptation of the life of Rich Mullins and the things that he went through. And one of the biggest things that he went through was, uh, you know, becoming a Christian at Bible college. He, he dealt with all kinds of the things that... Uh, his father told him he wouldn't be good at, uh, you know, going into the movie or not the movie and the, the, the Christian music industry, dealing with a Christian music industry that had been corrupted and, and seeing how to deal with it from there. There's just so many things wrong and he's constantly dealing with the consequences of other people's actions, but he tries to rise above it and does a pretty good job for the most part. 
the MCU Infinity Saga, we see, once again, major daddy issues galore. I mean, think of all the characters. I can't even go into all the daddy issues. <laughs> there have been jokes about the, all the daddy issues. You've got Howard Stark right up at the front. You've got uh, uh, not a daddy issue, but Captain America, you know, the situation where everything that happened in the past is haunting him uh, as he comes to the present. You have th uh, Thor losing the hammer and and, and um, becoming worthy yet again. You've got all these different things where there's there's something wrong from the get-go, something wrong that comes in and creeps in and changes things. And then the hero has to deal with it and return things to the right, even if they didn't know it was wrong in the first place. And there's Stargirl. Stargirl was an interesting movie, and I found out it's a book. I have not read the book. I don't have a lot of interest in reading the book. But I think the thing that really shines through is actually this idea of original sin. His father, the, the boy, the main character, I forget his name, his father passes away, and he's he's left to deal with the kids picking on him for wearing his father's tie that he gave him forever and he just kind of went back into his shell and didn't stand out anymore and wasn't interested in standing out and wasn't interested in really keeping the memory of his father alive in many cases you know he kind of did that in private but not in practice and out comes this girl wearing bright crazy colors that just invigorates an entire school of people and reminds him of what's important from the beginning and reminds him uh, and the school of uh, what beauty there was before we just forgot and beat it out of ourselves. And she even loses her way for a time, which I found really interesting for a movie. So check that one out if you haven't already. It's, it's pretty good. The Babadook. Once again, we have a dead father. We have the consequences of death we have a person who died and a young mother who is uh raising her son all on her own and dealing with the grief of losing her husband and the only way that she can deal with that grief is to address the fact that it was in fact wrong for him to have passed away um not morally wrong like he made some wrong decision but it was not right that he passed away uh, that one has a lot of twists and turns into it, in it, and it's just, in my opinion, one of the best horror movies of all time. You should definitely check it out if you haven't. The Greatest Showman. We have a father figure once again who just sees the world and all the beauty in it and just wants to give it to his family, but he doesn't have the money. And he ends up gaining the world and losing his soul, as the Bible says. He gains everything. And... Um, I've written a piece, and I may try and publish it in Logo Sophia at some point, um, in regard to uh, the song From Now On and how it is all about forgiveness and true repentance. And um, there's so much there. This world is just full of beauty, and he sees it, and he, and he wants to bring the world back to it, but loses his way along the way because he's chasing the almighty dollar. And then he remembers what it's all really for. Um, and we move on to Star Wars, the Skywalker saga. I mean, <laughs> probably the biggest daddy issue movie of all time, right? In many ways. Luke, I am your father. I know that's not the line. No, I am your father. Uh, the whole entire thing 
from the get-go is based on what were the consequences of the Clone Wars. Um, and we didn't know what the Clone Wars were before, you know, the early 2000s or late, I guess, 99 was the first one, first prequel. We didn't know anything about how all this went down. And we had to fill in the gaps, much like we do today, uh, you know, with scripture, obviously. But there's so much we don't know about the early peoples. Um, and so that that one right there, Star Wars, fantastic original sin story. Once again, the consequences of actions and Beauty and the Beast. Think of the Beast's actions. Representatively bringing sin upon his entire household. Every single one of them becoming an inanimate object. You know, an animate, inanimate object, but you know what I mean. And he has to learn to love and be loved. He needs the grace of someone else in order to be redeemed. Um fantastic fantastic uh and if you haven't heard glenn keen talk about uh the beast and the transformation scene look that up he uh talks about how he had on the top of his exposure sheet um second corinthians five seventeen: if any man be in christ he is a new creation the old has passed away behold all things become new moving into the secret of kells it's about uh, the Vikings invading Ireland and the, the monks that worked together to save the Bible and save the gospel from the invading horde and just creating these manuscripts, these beautiful manuscripts. And we see this father figure just trying to rely on his own strength, trying to rely on the strength of this wall that he's building in order to keep the Vikings out when what he really should have been doing was putting his brain in his uh, his his might into creating the beauty around him. And then we move on, finally, to Lord of the Rings. And no one can say Lord of the Rings isn't a Christian story. They, they could try, but they'll fail miserably. What is particularly the main thrust here? Bilbo. Bilbo, sin, the ring, passes to Frodo. Where does the ring come from? comes from Gollum. Gollum sin passed to Bilbo. And where did Gollum sin come from? Isildur. And on back to Sauron. And from Sauron to Morgoth, the original sinner. We see this through line of where evil passes to evil passes to evil until it is finally repented of, dealt with, and destroyed once and for all. And I mean, there's so many other parallels. You know, you got prophet, priest, and king, and Aragorn, Frodo, and um, Gandalf, Gandalf the prophet, Aragorn the king, Frodo the priest. There's there's so many things like that that I'm sure we'll get into another time. But I just wanted to bring this idea of original sin. I think that some of the absolute best movies resonate so deeply with people because we know in our hearts who we are and where we came from. And it it's sin. We came from sin. We came from the sin of Adam, every single one of us. But for those who are in Christ, the good news and the, the eucatastrophe of the story, the turning point, the change, the climax, everything that you could possibly think of, the rising and falling tension, it's all right there in Christ Jesus. And that's the point I wanted to get at. That's the point of this episode. Thank you all for listening. And, uh, yeah, check out the website, joshuadavidling.com. 
I'm putting out more audio adventures. Things have been crazy busy lately. Please pray for me, and I'll keep praying for you all. Look forward to talking to you, and we'll see you again next time.